0: We got Alex from Nabla here. I'm really excited to, for this conversation. Alex, thank you for coming on. Uh, for those who don't know you, uh, would you mind giving us a little uh, introduction?
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, sure. So my name is Alexandre Lebrun, Alex Lebrun. Um, I started Nabla three years ago. Uh, before Nabla, I started two um, startups in the machine learning space. Um, the first one was acquired by Nuance Communications in 2012. And the second one was acquired by Facebook in 2015. Uh, so after that, I spent three years with Facebook uh, at Facebook AI Research, working mostly on conversational AI. And uh, three years ago, we, we left uh, Facebook AI Research to apply what we've learned to uh, healthcare. And so this is NABLA.
0: That's awesome. That's amazing. So what can you tell me about what is NABLA? What is, um, can you just give us a little background about what you guys are building with NABLA?
1: So we are building um, AI-based assistance for doctors, for physicians. Uh, So we all know that um, doctors waste a lot of time doing things that they shouldn't be doing and that they don't have enough time for us, patients. Uh, And so this is basically the problem we are trying to solve uh, with Nabla. Uh, so So for instance, if you have a um, consultation with, with your physician, let's say, let's say it's a remote consultation, uh, they would look at you in the video, and on the side, the NABLA assistant would take care of many things that they hate to do, For in the clinical documentation, so he's writing the report about the consultation, updating your patient's records, programming the follow-up with you, maybe writing some prescription, doing some stuff called coding or insurance, uh, and so so we are trying to uh, automate all these things so that uh, doctors can spend more time on, on the actual care and, and empathy with the patients.
0: Um, all of that sounds amazing. I think that's, I mean, what you're bringing up is what I think like AI and ML would be like great for. Like uh, for me personally, the connection with, with the patient is what's the most important in healthcare, And you don't want to replace that. You just want to augment it. And it sounds like, well, that's what you guys are trying to do.
1: Yeah, it's funny because I've seen some companies uh, trying to replace um, uh,
0: doctors with or healthcare professionals
1: with, with chatbots or things like that. And I spent the first ten years—sorry—I <coughs> I, I spent the first ten years of my of my life building chatbots for yeah. customer service. Very, very early on, before it was a pool. <laughs> <laughs> and I, know, I I perfectly know the limits. You know, chatbots can be very powerful in some some context but I also know the limits. And healthcare is is typically a setting where I I don't think chatbot is a good idea. Okay. Anyway, we are far from being able to build this today. Uh, And even if we were capable, uh, is is this really a good idea? Uh, Not sure. Uh, So so the idea, but actually the technology to build uh, an assistant that makes doctor's life easier is very close to the technology. Chatbot. It's the same models that
0: power things. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, what is like the back end of Nablo? From what I understand, it's kind of like a CRM. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so yeah, once we've said we are building an AI based assistance, the question is how, you, how do you bring this in terms of products to, yeah. to the healthcare providers? And so, we, we started by building a digital care platform. Uh, that, that really looks like a CRm um, like a, like a modern CRM yeah so it handles those uh, asynchronous communications with patients over text uh, and also synchronous communications with uh, video consultations um, and it has everything you find in a good CRM system so to re- you know to remember important things about your patients creating some tasks uh, and 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 collaborating as as a medical team because you may have different kinds of like a nurse, a GP, a specialist, a nutritionist working together on on one patient. So all these things are obvious if you are in CRMs, but they are not obvious at all for (laughs) in in the healthcare provider world today. And so we built that and then added our uh, machine learning assistant in this tool so that it comes with the the ai assistant doing the documentation and other and other tasks
0: that's awesome yeah no, the crm world is not something that healthcare needs but i think it's like um i even wrote about it i think like crms like if you have like a back 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 end as a crm it's like the perfect tool for healthcare because like you said it provides you everything right it can can write all your notes and the point of a crm is as many touch points as possible with your customers but in our case it's the patient and it just makes life easier versus what we're doing now. It's like we have all these other systems kind of coming in together and none of them really work well. Um, so I've always wondered why in the beginning EHRs were just not CRMs and then yep. people just built off of that because it would have made our lives so much easier, at least on our answer. end.
1: I have the answer to this question. I think so so EHR are uh, not uh, designed at CRM because EHRs were designed to bill yeah. insurance to <laughs> payers. And this, is the, this was the only goal of EHRs, you know, how to, and so it's around coding, uh, clinical documentation to support your claims and your, 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 how you code them. And so it's really, it's a financial goal or anything. And then you try, they plug eventually a few things for, um, for patient relationship, but it's not the main, um, this is not the main goal, the original goal, so. Somebody should build an EHR, like like, you know. Many people tried, but then it's difficult to have people change their EHR. So it's a
0: yeah. I can tell you uh, using EHRs. I mean, they are. That's that's why they were built, right? That's the genesis of the EHR. Epic, all them were built for billing. And I can tell you, using it, using them, it definitely feels like they were not built for patient care. They were built for billing, and there's a lot of issues um, that come along with it, which we don't have to really get into that, but. Um, that's amazing. So um, where do you see AI and ml in healthcare kind of going? like what do you see as like the biggest roadblocks, and then how would you get across those roadblocks?
1: So there are really there are lots of applications. you know there is a full maybe the first um, real world problem that AI solves in healthcare was around imaging, you know analyzing, analyzing x-rays or ECGs or other because this is very close to the original, like, playground problems that researchers worked on in in the 80s. Yeah. And so it's not a surprise that it started with this kind of um, uh, pattern-matching problems. Uh, And now it's totally, um, you know, in production, there are FDA clearance for the the AI augmented X-ray and and, ECG. So this was, I think, the first wave. Yeah, of how ML impacted uh, healthcare, and um, so I think now we are entering the second wave where it's less um, it's less obvious. And so in you know in healthcare, I think eighty percent of the product is communication between the patients and and the, and the medical the professionals. Uh, and so if you really want to impact healthcare delivery you need to be involved in this conversation and so this is where conversational ai uh, comes into play uh how can you be helpful in this conversation and automate parts of it without replacing the doctor uh this is the goal and there, there are many challenges of, in that uh, so i think the first one is um uh, if you know doctors um at very high expectations uh if you if you say i will help you uh, with my with my software <laughs> it really needs to work <laughs> yeah. you don't have you, uh, you don't have three shots at the problem. if you're wrong twice then you're out yeah. um, and so this is one one example of um but on the other hand you need data to train your models and to, to improve your models So how, how do you break this uh the chicken and egg problem
0: yeah, no, for sure. I think that I think one of the reasons why um healthcare has just been so resistant to technology in general is that every iteration of new technology that comes in and is kind of presented to us or in some cases shoved down our throats, uh it ends up adding more work to our to our pile, right? So for example, the the like EHRs, right? They were supposed to revolutionize everything. They were supposed to make everything easier for us, we, but you know, not what what ended up happening was most places kept the way that they we were doing it before with paper, you know, like all this insurance stuff, all that stuff. So you're doing the paperwork and then you're also documenting inside the EHR. And on top of that, you're doing other things that you can't do. Then you have to like figure out workarounds because you're getting stopped and this and that. So I think that's one of the biggest things in healthcare is that I think healthcare providers, at least, I mean, just for me personally, um, I love technology and I love things that you guys are making. I love AI, ML. I think there's a huge future in it. But uh, to your point, not everyone is like me. Not every everyone is, you know, we've been burned so many times. You know, you've heard that saying, fool me once, shame on me. Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. You know, like, so I think that's where healthcare is. And I think eventually it's going to take some time to get to that point. But, you know, we need, you know, good people like you with great intentions that are building a good product to stand above all the other kind of, you know, like, couple of years ago, people were getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars for an idea rather than an actual physical thing. And I think what we have to kind of go through the trash and kind of like, you know, lift people up like you guys, NABLA and them, and hopefully we can get to that point and get gain that trust. But gaining that trust initially is going to be the hardest part, like you said.
1: Yeah. And as you said, we are not starting from zero. We are starting from minus uh, 10 or <laughs> <laughs> because they've burned so, so many times and the first 50 years of of computers has been a bad, uh, bad, thing for healthcare professionals. I agree with you. Uh, the other day I was visiting a, a clinic, and the staff was really happy, and I, uh, it was like a special day, like but uh, it was Christmas. I didn't understand, and then they say, "Yeah, the computer system is down today, so we are just using paper." <laughs> and they were, they were celebrating uh, that, and oh, it was so, so easier, and then, so. It brought many new constraints without solving their problem. Again, it solved, I think, the more like the payer problem than the not the not the patient problem, not the provider problem. Uh, and we hope to reverse this trend. Uh, I, I mean, not just us; many startups now, I think, are uh, maybe the, the the level of um, that machine learning has achieved recently makes this finally possible. But we have to um, be careful when we. Another, um, you know, when we our, our, when our machine learning models make some uh, suggestions to the healthcare professionals, we have a threshold below like zero point five threshold of confidence. This this suggestion will not uh, be displayed. And but we realized that uh, because we you know at the office of, at the office we work with physicians at the same desk so we we see what they do and we learn from that. Uh, if a, if a suggestion is wrong, after just three or three or four times, they just ignore all the tool. Any suggestion, uh, so you don't have so many shots to be good. And we had to, re- to raise the threshold of confidence to 0.9. Uh, otherwise, we would lose the user after just uh, 24 hours, and then there is no chance, uh, no opportunity to, <laughs> to to come back uh, because they just ignore. And they are trying to do that. You know, they have so many tools on the EHR. Every 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 time they do something, there are like 10 red windows popping up everywhere, saying, warning, warning, this medication. And they just, just ignore everything. They're trying to do that. And so you don't want to become the, the 11th window on <laughs> the tool that they ignore. And, but you don't have to a, a, be very careful. So we learned many things like that at the beginning.
0: Yeah, alert fatigue is a huge thing, you know, that we... Uh... <laughs> You know we get so many pop-ups here and there and you know a lot of times are we're, we're just so used to blowing through them um and unfortunately sometimes that leads to um bad things but uh but when you were talking about the confidence thing 0.5 0.9 what do you mean by that is that like uh, is that linked to a percentage point or is that like in your ai model
1: it's it's an it's in the ai model okay. so it, it doesn't mean much actually we and you know as you know um Machine learning is very empirical. Things work, but we don't know how they work exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not very compatible with the healthcare mindset where you know you shouldn't kill someone, and if it's not proven that there is no risk, you shouldn't use it. So uh, this is very at the op- at the opposite of what, how machine learning works, where you know it, the model tells you something. Uh, it's very hard to we have a confidence score, but the reality is we don't we are not confident about this confidence score um, and so this is it is very difficult to reconcile that with with the requirements of healthcare where you shouldn't do uh, random things
0: yeah no for sure and i think that's um, but like you mentioned right you know for machine learning to be better you need the data but in healthcare it's hard to get the data because you know the door isn't wide open right you can't just walk into a clinic and be like hey can we just use your data um uh, you know there's you know privacy laws on top of, and then also just, uh, this apprehension from the physician or the former, whoever it happens to be. Um, but yeah, I think that, I mean, for me, machine learning and AI, I think, um, your vision of machine learning and AI, I think resonates with me because that's what I tell people to like, you know, um, I want robot, like I, I wrote something about robots, I, you know, how would I replace myself with a robot? But the point of that was I want robots, machine learning, AI, all these algorithms to replace all my mundane tasks, right? All the things that, you know, I, that are so algorithmic that it's a yes or no, right? That's not a gray area. It's just going through. And then it allows me, frees me up to talk to my patients and really do the things that I was trained to do, right? And that's what I see. And it seems like that is where you guys are going. Is that accurate?
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely, and um, usually, you know, we don't do things in, um, in the background automatically because if there is a, the slightest risk of error, it could be uh, very bad, and so we, we work a lot on the user experience in the UI so that everything the, the, the AI assistant does is like, has to be validate, validated by the healthcare professional, by the user. Uh, and of course, we use these validations or or non-validations as a as a signal to better train the models. Um, but we we don't like we don't make an update in a patient record okay. uh, silently, <laughs> without. Uh, and the other thing is we we keep the source uh, of every update we do. Oh. Uh, so if you do something and you you want to know. Uh, why 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 is this information is in the record or why this sentence is in the consultation uh documentation or summary and you know you can click somewhere and get the, the excerpt of, of the what happened really during the consultation where where this information comes from. And this is very important to build trust uh with the users. And actually we we observe uh physicians you know working and even in, in the old-school paper uh, paper records about the patient, when they see something, they, always, they are always suspicious. Like, who did that? <laughs> it, maybe it was made four years ago by another hospital, and I don't trust these guys, so I will ask again this question or check again. So even in the old world, um, they, are, they, they, they are always very suspicious of information that is already there, so you need to trace to the to the source.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, I can tell you why because a lot of times people will, well, at least in the modern EHRs, I, I don't have too much um, with the paper records, but in the modern EHRs and stuff, everything is usually copy and pasted over, and things get overlooked because every there's so much documentation that needs to be done. Um, so I like to call it healthy skepticism. <laughs> like it's not that we don't believe you, we don't trust you. It's just that you know we need to make sure that what is there is actually happening. Um, because, you know, we all understand that we're all really busy and so on and so forth. Um, but so what are some... So, so let's say I'm a, I'm a clinic or something and I want, I'm excited about Nabla. Like, how do I get the process started? How long does the process take? And how does that work?
1: So right now, it's um, used for remote consultations or okay. of subjectual care. And um, so it's very simple. You, you would go to nabla.com uh sign up uh there it's, it's it's automatic and it's free free of charge uh and then uh you would you know have this um digital care tool uh that's very well supposed to be very easy to use if you, if you find it's not easy call me <laughs> um <laughs> you know with a layout that is very much like a, a crm tool, like intercom for instance would be or or zendesk and so, from there, you could, for instance, create a link, share with your patient. It would be a remote consultation link, like a Zoom link, um, or you can
0: write a message uh, to your patient. So this is uh, you can use this as a as a,
1: as a self service tool. Um, so as a as a physician in your know, private practice, you could really just use that. And then for um, Digital health startups or digital providers that already have a patient uh, app or website. We have a set of APIs and SDK, you can embed this experience into your, your product. Of course, you don't want to see Nabla or to use something on the site. Um, so we have, this, we have SDKs for iOS, Android, web, React Native and so on, uh, so that you can add messaging or uh, video to your existing system, uh, and, and on the provider side, benefit from this uh, AI system.
0: That's, that's amazing. Um, and then what are some of the AI assistant features that come out of the box?
1: So the, the most important is
0: uh, documentation,
1: clinical documentation. Um, the goal is any information that is relevant, that is shared, either you know, mentioned by the patient, like, I am allergic to uh, pollen. Or by the by the physician, you you I, I understand you have this uh, illness, or so I will prescribe you this. So all this information we capture and uh, normalize in, in uh, using ICD-10, uh, and then put in the right fire. So we, we use the fire uh, standard, um, and so this is this is like a basic the foundation use case of documenting every consultation uh, with, with this awesome
0: and uh, is that just something that gets transcribed via like a video call like as it's happening or is it something that you can just like afterwards i can just talk into something like how does that work
1: it's, it's so it's it's transcribed in real time oh wow as people talk, um and we do that over messaging as well so um so I, you know i really believe in uh, asynchronous care uh i think right now 99 of consultations happen over in person or video synchronous video but i think the asynchronous is very important to for many many situations and so we do the same um the same tasks over uh, text and when you use texting like summar, sum, summarizing is very important um if you interact with a patient through text every every few days you cannot you know reread all the conversations from start from the start every time so you need to <laughs> To summarize, know what was said, what is important. So, this is what we try to do. We also um, make messaging more efficient on the provider side by trying to suggest the next message. Okay. So, we generate a kind of based on the patient, on the context, and many things. Um, and they would typically maybe edit it, edit the message before sending it, but it's often very accurate. Um, so, what we call co and the goal here is to make the typically coaches or owners who uh, are doing messaging uh, much more efficient.
0: Awesome. And is there a way to set up like a template of like, you know, if you if you get the same question asked or over and over again, is there a way you can just like create a template and just be like, okay, if, when we get this message, boom, we can just send this.
1: It's, you don't even have to do that because it's, the, you know, the system will create the template automatically. Wow. So okay. if you answer uh, twice so the, the same thing or well, three times, uh, even once, you know, every everything is a every message is a template. So, and then if something is relevant in in this context, it will, it will pop up. So, acting like like a template, but you don't need to manually create a template before. That's
0: awesome. And I want to get touch on asynchronous care. So, the more and more, um, you know, I think people are getting into digital health, and digital health is becoming a thing. You know, all these terms are being thrown out, like asynchronous care, all CRMs, all that stuff. But I think you, I think you're absolutely right. Like, I think. Asynchronous care is that is the way it's being done right now. The majority of care is asynchronous. Like, you know, you see your you see your provider for you know five, 10, 20 minutes, what, a year. You know what I mean? And the majority of your care is usually done outside of the walls. And that's another reason why I, you know, I love AI ML, these kind of things, because it allows us to be everywhere all the time, if that makes sense. Um, and a majority of care is asynchronous. You know, a patient calls us they leave a message or they send us a message and then we have to figure it out. And we send them a message, call them, usually leave a voice. We're usually just paying point phone tag or message tag, whatever. And I would say like 90, 95% of care is asynchronous. So um, it's just that, you know, for us, it's just normal care. And I think you guys are coming in, calling it asynchronous. It just now has a name to it. So um, I mm-hmm. completely agree with you that asynchronous care is the majority of the way care is delivered, um, at least in the United States, I'm assuming around the world as well.
1: Um, yeah. So and yeah, I think in real life you you're right. And asynchronous care is is the biggest part, but in in uh, like proper consultations are mostly synchronous. Yeah. So, there, there <laughs> so there is a so there is a strange here, uh, and also most of the payer still work on a fee for service uh, system where kind of only synchronous care is actually pay for like they pay for yeah in person consultation or a video consultation but they, they won't reimburse you because you answered your patient uh, text message
0: yep yeah. yeah and that's the and, thing yeah and that's the thing that um you know when you're working in the clinic that's i shouldn't say frustrating it never goes through our mind right we're not like oh we're not going to get paid for this call or we're not going to get paid for this message um you know we're only getting paid for the, the people we see we're physically like physically seeing them touching them. i mean there's also already like, you know, people talking about cutting, clawing back on virtual care because that's technically not in person, right? Um, So there has to be legislation changes, but, you know, like, you know, but I would say the majority of care is asynchronous and the majority of the things we do in our clinic as providers, we don't get paid for. And, you know, most of us are staying late. Most of us are doing all this stuff after the fact. Uh, Maybe we're getting paid for, you know, maybe I would say maybe 50, 60 percent of the stuff that we're doing on a day-to-day basis may not even get paid for, but we're doing it because we have to, not because, you know, we're looking, you know, I mean, thankfully we get paid well. I'm not trying to be like, oh, boo-hoo or anything like that. But, I mean, um, I do think that the more asynchronous care gets pushed, the more people realize that that is, in my eyes, it is a standard of care in most cases because the thing that gets me the most with um, healthcare in general is – the majority of the care, once the patient leaves our four walls, then the follow-up is really lax. It doesn't, there, there's a lacking of follow-up because of m- multiple things, right? The amount of people that exist, I mean, we just don't have time to, to interact with every single person. And also, we don't know what's going on at, at home, right? So if we can set up a system, that's why I love like you know kind of things which you're building. If we can set up a system where we can create multiple touch points along the patient's journey, where we don't have to be the ones physically doing it, Um, you know, we can improve health in, you know, in general. And also it opens the door for the patient to reach out to us and tell them they have a problem. You know, Uh, one thing that I've noticed throughout my time is uh, some patients for some reason think that they're bothering us by calling us and telling us, hey, you know, I'm having this issue. And that always made me feel bad because I always tell my patients like, hey, we're doing this We're I'm here because of you, right? You know, I'm not here to just like chill and whatever. I'm like here to help you. Uh, but you know, just the, because our model is built that way, you know, we've we've taught our clinicians that way, we've taught our patients that way. You know, you have to see us in person, or you know, nothing can get fixed.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and some I think some patients will won't hesitate to uh, text you every you know too many times, and others will never text you because they are afraid to disturb you and. So it's, a, it's a bit random and yep. it shouldn't be that way it should exactly. be uh, processed and, and properly uh, organized and of course um, there is a lot we can help with with machine learning with this kind of problem
0: yeah exactly i mean yeah exactly you know they say the squeaky wheel gets the grease right you know we have some patients that are con- constantly calling us and then we have some that should be calling us that don't call us and, uh, <laughs> and that's why i think like it's important for I like automated reach out, like, you know, hey, you know, we, you know, if, yeah. if they started on something or drug or something like that, that, hey, in a week or two, we know that they're going to experience side effects within the first week. So why don't we just reach out to them yeah. in the first week? And most, I think if everyone had, I think almost everyone, if we talk to any healthcare provider, if they had the staff or the time to do it, they would 100% do it. It doesn't matter if they had paid or not, but they will 100% do it. It's yeah. just that. Yeah. The staff doesn't exist. The time doesn't exist. So that's why like tools like you guys are creating and other people are creating are is what gets me excited. Like that's the stuff that gets me really excited right now because for me, like it's the boring stuff that really is what makes the biggest impact.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, so in, in asynchronous care, when for instance, you want to message a, message a patient, actually messaging the patient is very fast. What takes a lot of time is to get the the context for, for instance, for, 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 the, for the nurse, lesson. for instance, who is doing this. They would spend two or three minutes remembering who is that, what should I say, what is the stage, what is the context. And then it will take 10 seconds to write this message. And this is where I think, really think uh, machine learning can have yes. a very short term impact. Just summarizing, like if you, you had a perfect assistant, okay this is x you should say this because of that and and then the, here is a message I, I drafted uh just extend yeah. um uh and we can we can you know enable people to, to to handle maybe 10x 100x more patients with very simple things like that that are obvious in other industries but not have not reached healthcare yet
0: yeah no, i mean exactly like i mean the first thing you you know when I, when we ask it, what provider or a nurse is asking talking to somebody or even talking to me and i'm like who's this person uh and then they're like oh it's that person that got you know that guy has this medication or they have this or they have you know family that comes in like oh okay yeah no like you're absolutely right if we can if i can just get a summary saying this is the patient these are the the quick hitters and they're like oh yeah that's right boom kid and then the other problem with uh the way we do it now is a patient calls leaves us a message um, and then we sometimes we, we need the provider or the doctor to answer the question right so they're running around in clinic and we're trying to get a hold of them and then they answer that question so we call the patient back either we get a hold of them or they we leave a voicemail and be like hey you know the doctor said this and then the patient's like oh you know what but what about this this and this so like you're spending like i mean these these interactions can take almost half your day right just one person i'm not talking about multiple people and like if we can just get all that information all at once and kind of like a quick rolling thing that would save so much time. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've been, I, one patient has taken up, not, not, not at a fault of their own. Right. It's, it's just, the it's just the way our system is built is not built for good communication. And it just, it just takes up so much time. So to your point, like, you know, if we can get summaries, we can, we can do it, we can automate certain things or we can, we can even just show suggestions of how to answer certain questions um, that in itself, you know, saves so much time. And I don't think people realize how much time it actually saves.
1: Yeah, just, just sort of summarizing the context, the relevant context about the case or patient
0: would be a huge
1: time saver. So when we mention AI in healthcare, people think about a huge robot acting as a doctor, and <laughs> but actually the, the, the real impact today is, is in this kind of thing you just mentioned.
0: Yeah. So where do you, I mean, you know, everything is going perfectly we have all the data you know you, you're able to get every all the data in the world about healthcare like where do you see ai ml eventually being like what's the where do you see your vision of ai ml in healthcare
1: so in in our field because there, there are so many different potential uh, fields but in what we do at nabla we we really want to build the, the perfect ai assistant for every healthcare healthcare professional and so uh, imagine you have this thing uh, on your side from from morning to evening, uh, knowing what you do, listening to the consultations, uh, looking at what you are working on on the HR, and every time it can do something on your behalf, um, we'll do it. We'll just do it. Um, have you see I don't know if you've seen the, the movie Her. Uh, that would, um... with
0: where? is that with uh Johansson?
1: Uh, yes yes so So she she does the voice she you don't see her you see (laughs) because it's a it's it's an audio assistant in this movie um and so she does the voice of this assistant um it's like an ambient ai this ai is aware of what he every person does um all day and and and, and tries to be helpful every time she can. It's a woman in the, in the movie. Um, and I, I really think this is this is what we are trying to do long-term and where, and I mean, not just us at NABLA, but uh, many people try to do. And, and this is necessary because there is a huge shortage of healthcare professionals. Yeah. Uh, there will be 20 million, I think, health professionals missing by 2030. Uh, and so we need to do something to, <laughs> to uh, and on the other hand, they do so many things they shouldn't do. Um, there is a huge opportunity to to have a positive impact
0: uh, here. No, I 100% agree. I think that it's great to hear. Um, sometimes I talk to technologists or people in technology and they Are trying to you know i I don't always agree with what they're trying to do but you know i'm excited about what they're building uh but what you're mentioning and what you're saying you know i 100% agree with um uh, like i said you know it's um healthcare is an interesting field where you know we're constantly we need to help people but we don't help ourselves if that makes sense right uh we're constantly Uh thinking about everyone else and then we're we're just taking everything on our plate like whether we need to or not and eventually we have to get over ourselves, (laughs) you know, like we need to be like, Hey, we need the help. And we need to, I don't don't know if take a chance is a good way of saying it. Um, to healthcare professionals, it, it sounds like we're taking a chance, but I think that we need to open up and be open to other ideas. We need to get over the fact that, okay, the EHR was, did not work for us. Right. We need to get over it. Uh, things change, life happens. We need to you know, technology is always constantly moving. We can't be stuck in the past, you know, and to you know, you brought in, they were working on paper charts and they were really happy, right? You know, they were like, oh, this is amazing. This is so easy. Um, you know, I, I was having a conversation with um, my provider, you know, in, at my um, hospital and everyone was reminiscing of the days of the paper chart. And they're like, oh man, it would love to go back. You know, I'd love to have a system <laughs> shut down so we can just go back. And, you know, I laughed at it because I'm like, man, I could never deal with paper. I'd rather deal with this. But you know, it's, we need to, they're, they're only thinking that way because a good solution hasn't come or they haven't faced a good solution yet. So I'm hoping that, you know, um people like yourself, your team, um, what you guys are building in NABLA, I love what you guys are doing. And, you know, the more we can get of that and people with the right intentions, you know, not using healthcare as a, you know, a box of money, right? You know, it's not a free paycheck because that's the other thing too, right? That kind of happened during COVID is people just kind of jumped into healthcare with not the greatest of intentions. And I think, that hurt the it did two things it sped up the move into technology because it needed to but then it also now that the dust is cleared it's also made people really weary so where before when you had a good solution you might be able to get a, a conversation with like the cto or cio or whatever now it's like well eh, we'll see you know do we really need to do this do we really need to do that um it's uh, so we'll see where life we'll see where it goes but i'm excited for the future you know uh, with what you guys are doing and what other people are doing it it, for me it's exciting (laughs) yeah we are very excited too (laughs) but um, so where so like you said um, so how do people find you personally your team how do they reach out to you guys if they have any questions
1: Um, you know nabla.com our website um, and uh, my email is alex alex.nabla.com any feedback you know any any um, whether you're a physician or if you run a, a tech, a digital clinic, things like that, you are interested. We are very, uh, we'd be delighted to talk and see your use case and uh, work together. We are we are at the stage where we are still very flexible and 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 willing to talk to everyone, better understand the problem we are trying to solve. Uh, so any
0: uh, any contact is welcome. I can speak from experience. They have an amazing team. Really awesome. Uh, they're very. Very great, great people to talk to, so I mean even if you're curious, just reach out to them because um, they're a great great group of people um Is there any uh social media you wanted to plug or anything like that for people to follow you uh or follow the journey of nabla uh
1: yeah, I'm here for twitter so I'm, um, my my twitter is er1 uh handle and you get everything from there
0: okay, yeah, I'll have all that stuff linked in the show notes below. Uh, But Alex, I want to thank you uh, for your time. You're you're very generous with your time. Thank you so much. Um, And yeah, hope you have a great day.
1: Thank you so much, Jane. And uh, thanks for your invitation.
0: No, No problem. Thank
1: you.